return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex, where oil country shops for printers and office equipment. Service is their business. On Oilers Radio, 630 Ched. All right, it's 12.34 in Edmonton. Ulrich in for Bob Stoffer on Oilers Now. Bob getting set to fly with the Oilers out to California. Next up, the LA Kings and the Anaheim Ducks. Oh boy, it gets tougher from here. We'll see how the Oilers respond after a lackluster performance last night. Uh, we'll talk to Craig Simpson here right away. Uh, but first, I should mention he is our headliner, presented by ATB Financial, ATB, Alberta's Home Ice Advantage. Uh, some guests on Oilers now receive gift certificates to Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Ruth's Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. Uh, Craig Simpson from NHL Hockey on Rogers joins us. Craig, how you doing? I'm doing okay. How are you? Not bad. Are you uh, you out and about? Are you doing Wednesday night hockey tonight? No, I'm uh, I'm off this week. I head to Montreal on uh, Friday to do Saturday game Toronto at Montreal. All right, sounds good. Uh, well, let's start with uh, the Oilers. I'm not sure if you had a chance to catch the game last night, Craig. I did, uh, yeah. Okay, well, uh, we heard what Tom McClellan thought about uh, the the effort of some of the players on the team. Uh, at first he said two or three players, but he really started to single out just one, uh, and that is Justin Schultz by the end of that uh, post-game scrum. But overall, I think there were there were a lot of problems for the Oilers last night. They can't get any flow going. They're, they just can't feed off each other. I don't think they're really playing like a team right now. And I guess that's somewhat expected because with all the, the trade rumors going around and the veterans on this team are thinking, okay, here we go again. Uh, just what do you make of where the Oilers are at right now and the comments from the GM and the coach yesterday? Well, I think naturally it's uh, extremely disappointing. And uh, I think for uh, probably the first time to this extent anyways, you you really saw the frustration and disappointment in the head coach's face. and. You know, I think at times you're the one that has to deflect a lot of the criticism, uh, absorb a lot of the pain, and uh, absorb a lot of the uh, the glare and the venom that comes from both the media and the fans when things aren't going well. But uh, I just think that it was, you know, too much of the same that he's seen. This has been a uh, a homestand that has gone dreadfully uh, poorly, and and I think most importantly, and what I think was you know, evident in his comments last night, it's more about the way you lose. And, uh, you know, as much as losing is as hollow as it can be at the best of times, uh, I do think there is an understanding of the the effort that you have to put in to to try to be prepared to to get a win every night. And I I thought he's bang on on the heels of, uh, uh, you know, some disappointing games uh, prior to that on home ice. uh, So much focus from... You know, the general manager for the first time in a while really giving a bit of a state of the union going into the trade deadline. Uh, I thought it was a telling tale of where this team is, uh, you know, in their psyche. And I, I think it was a very disappointing one that couldn't be hidden by the reaction on Todd McCollum's face after that game. Yeah, and he also mentioned the spirit of the team, I think, four or five separate occasions in, a, yeah. in that press conference last night after the game and... You know, public enemy number one right now is Justin Schultz. Uh, 
I wonder how that rubs off when you see him, uh, you know, that play on that third goal where it's a basically a tape-to-tape pass, Osterley to Schultz, and he, yeah. he misplays it. They go back for a two-on-one. That's after they just, you know, they had a pretty good push there at the end of the second period, and it's a one-goal game, and that happens. That must just ruin the spirit of the team in game-wise. Well, I think, listen, there, there are times when you have an individual that's really struggling uh, to find himself, and you, you have teammates who will back him up or, or prop him up or make plays to help. Uh, I thought last night was really one of those games where you just couldn't get out of the spotlight. Uh, I, I think the most, you know, clearly the most damning were the third and then the empty net goal where just not much of an effort at all and and unfortunately now I go back and watch the game over uh, this morning with with more of an eye to one certain player and I I know from a coach's standpoint that's exactly what you do as a coach too because you've you've identified things with guys you've talked to them you've worked with them in practice you've gone over prior to a game of what's expected and what you're looking for and Unfortunately, you know, you've got the eye in the sky uh, gleaming down on you, and last night was a really damning game for him. Uh, both, you could just tell body language, energy, battle, you know, none of them were, were evident there. So it was uh, in, in that kind of night, and you could just, once again, see it on the head coach's face during the game, and naturally I think it was just a little too much after. And it, it's a shame. You hate to see it to get to that level, but I, I – you know, we've talked a little bit about where is Justin's game gone, and uh, you know, I've I've really, as a player, dealt with bouts of uh, losing confidence and feeling good about yourself, and you have to really fight through that. But what's disappointing for me is, is just the blatant lack of effort uh, at those key points, and I think that's what sort of overflowed into those comments you were talking about, Brendan, after the game. Yeah, and I mean. I think it's best. I still think he can maybe turn it around with another team, another organization. But right now, you look at some of these playoff teams. How can they they bring a guy like that? You mentioned the confidence. Like you bring a like that a guy like that into your team, uh, a team that's trying to you know push for the playoffs. Do you think he can help a team right now? Well, the problem is is the the fundamental parts of his game that are breaking down. It's not just like you've got a hugely offensive guy with all kinds of skill that's just having a bit of a bad luck or a bad turn or you know a a stretch where the puck's not going in for them like you'd have with a goal scorer per se uh if my biggest concern if i'm a playoff bound team or even more importantly a stanley cup contending type team is just the holes in the game on the battle level and the understanding of you know assignments Uh, those are the things that if I was a scout sitting and watching the last uh, month of the season for that, you know, that would be my biggest concern. So um, I think it does take away some of the potential for, you know, a deal that would maybe really help the Oilers. Uh, I just don't think, you know, rarely do you see a situation get to where, it's just clear that the the guy's struggling to be a player on this team right now. And I, I feel in a lot of ways on a human uh, standpoint, that that's not, a, that's not a fun way to go to work every day. Uh, but on an NHL at playing at this level and being paid what you are, it's disappointing that it hasn't at least come down to, you know, he's working hard, he's doing all the right things. It's just not coming together. And I, I think that would be my biggest concern as a new team going, 
you know, the, the flaws in his game right now are really evident. And the thing that's not backing it up is I haven't seen the ability to battle through it. And uh, last night was probably the worst example of that. Yeah, great points, Craig. Um, clearly, he's not the only problem here right now, but uh, we look forward to the trade deadline here on Monday. Shirelli saying the others will be sellers, and uh, likely yeah. it's you know rental players to be moved here. We'll see if he can make anything else happen. Uh, but he also, uh, I think, was uh, sort of open to the idea in the offseason of moving a core player. And uh, do you think, I guess, that's the only answer here is to make a big blockbuster trade in the offseason to move one of the core players? Well, I, I'm not surprised Peter didn't do something along those lines this year. I, I think, uh, you know, it's important to come in, uh, get an, an assessment, a fair assessment of what you have both on your team, in your lineup at the NHL level, but then also a little better of a sense of what maybe is coming down the pipe, what you have in your American League, what you have in juniors. Um, so I'm not surprised something like that didn't happen then. I think it's been a disappointment that the, the health of the team hasn't maybe allowed him to get a great assessment of what this team could look like with everybody going. But to me, the last month and a half uh, has been a deterioration of uh, all those fundamentals we were just talking about with, with Justin's game, uh, I think have crept in with the entire group. And, uh, you know, you see almost the same game every single night where uh, four guys back against three opponents and just missed reads, missed assignments, losing battles, and all the things that if I'm Peter Shirelli that, you know, watched his Bruin team become both a Stanley Cup champion and a Stanley Cup finalist uh, type of a team, those fundamentals are all, to me, missing gravely in the way that this team plays. So I, I think if nothing else, uh, this last month and a half and whatever's left of this season uh, makes it almost a, an absolute necessity that you shake up that core and you make a change because, you know, it. you're right. It's not just one player or it's not a, a Justin Schultz fault. I, I would say, you know, the lack of that uh, inspiring guy in the room or the, the guy who is on a given night the role model that can bring the game up to a new level on a consistent basis just hasn't been there. And, you know, you can, you can argue that it's almost impossible to develop that in the environment that it's been for a while here, but there are some disappointments in there of, of not being able to get to that level. So from, from my opinion, I, I think it's an absolute necessity that the makeup of this team changes considerably going into the start of next year. Well, clearly we know the biggest hole. They need a number one defenseman, Craig. And do you think anyone on this roster, except McDavid, would get that, that top guy the Oilers need? Or does it have to be the draft pick that they move if yeah. it does become first overall? You know what? I, I think you know, you're know you not going to magically uh, put Drew Doughty or Shea Weber or Eric Carlson into your lineup. Uh, I, I just don't see a deal happening you know, with, with one of those types of players. And, and let's be honest, for the most part, those types of players have no movement clauses and can kibosh any kind of a deal. So there's another handcuff that you have as a general manager. And I know for fans, it's frustrating, you know, to say, well, why can't you just put a big package together and get X or so-and-so? And that's the reality of trying to trade in today's NHL. But I, I think more than 
thinking that you need, you know, the one guy. I just think as a collective group, you need some experience and some, you know, battle-worthy guys on the back end that can slow games down for you, that can stop the cycle and, and, and stop the panic in your own zone. And I think that the realistic uh, scenario is that you bring some more experienced guys in. I, I don't think there's going to be a quick hit, Brennan, where you – you have that kind of impactful number one, but I think this team needs a couple of number twos and threes that are going to develop into being great players to, to get to that next level and then hope, you know, you continue with some development of the way that Clefbaum has played when he's been healthy and, and the way Nurse is, you know, starting to develop, although you see a lot of holes in a young defenseman and his coverage that, that has crept into his game, but that's, that's going to happen. So, I don't think there's any question you just need to change the makeup of this team. You've got to bring some experience at an NHL you know, high-performing area to, to get to that next level. Craig Simpson, NHL Hockey on Rogers, joining us here. Craig, a couple of quick hitters from around the league. Uh, deadline is on a Monday. Uh, you look at, there's a lot of buyers out there right now, I would say. Um, you look at some of the names out there. Uh, there's an there's an Andrew Ladd, Michael Bodker, uh, Erickson, Eric Stahl. Do you see any of those players being a, a player that can take a team over the top? Like, who would you be targeting, I guess, if you're a team like, I don't know, Nashville <laughs> that's on the outside or a team like St. Louis that needs to try to get past Chicago, something like that? Yeah, you know what? Those are the uh, the, the tough decisions that are made, you know, right at the deadline where at times you, you get – seduced into what you really need and you maybe spend more than than what you're expecting to uh i think lad is one that clearly um it doesn't look like there's going to be a deal to be made in winnipeg for him uh when you look at you know he's making 4.4 million cap hit uh, at deadline time you take about 21 and a half percent of that and so a team really needs just over a million and a bit of cap space uh, to, to bring in a player like that. I think there's no question that if one of those teams doesn't have, you know, contract issues, if they have too many contracts, you're only allowed 50 in your organization, and they have a little bit of cap wiggle room, uh, I think anytime you can add another veteran experienced guy that can play up and down your lineup they like on the back end, you know, what will the Rangers do with a free agent like Keith Yandel? As much as you, you know, don't necessarily love all parts of his game, there's another one that if, you know, amazingly, Brennan, last year, Chicago was able to win with the injuries they had on the back end and basically had, you know, three to four guys a night on the back end and still able to win. But I think a lot of the teams are going, we need to have a little bit of insurance depth. So, I think there will be movement. It's amazing every year, even with the cap issues. We we seemingly go, oh, this might be a, a, a quiet free agent time. But uh, once things get going and somebody makes one deal that starts the avalanche uh, of, of trades, I, I still think we're going to have a really active uh, deadline. And I, I think the interesting one will be, you know, with everybody in parity and so close uh, in those battles, Know, who's going to tip the balance and make that big deal? I, I, I think you will see a couple of the free agents uh, coming up that that will get dealt. But I couldn't really, you know, pinpoint one or two teams that I think are going to be the most active. 
Well, you mentioned the parity in the West here. Um, I think everyone expects uh, it to be Chicago, LA, or Anaheim that comes out of the West, but there's St. Louis, there's San Jose, two teams that uh, I think are getting better and better as the season goes along, really starting to find their form. Dallas is there as well. The wildcard teams uh, won't be <laughs> won't be easy matchups. Do you do you think any of those teams could overtake, uh, say, a Chicago or an LA? Absolutely. I, I don't think there's any question that you know, once you get to that first round, and, and to me the first round is the most dangerous because everybody's at the freshest. Uh, you, you know, once you get, I think even the play deteriorates in that, you know, semi-conference final to Stanley Cup final because the teams have been beat up so much. But that, you know, that push of the first round and the intensity that comes with it, I think lends itself to, to somebody coming up and winning, you know, a, a series that maybe you wouldn't necessarily pick them for. And look at even Chicago. They had, uh, were very close two years ago, you know, a, a kind of fluke goal in the conference final that eliminated them and uh, allowed Los Angeles to get in there. Um, you know, those are the kind of things that can happen, especially in a first or a second round. So I don't think there's any team. Uh, to me, the most nervous team going into the Stanley Cup playoffs has to be the Washington Capitals because you know that's a team that in my opinion has been probably the most consistent all year They're, they've been the best team from uh, record wise uh, but I still think they are the biggest team that has to get over that hurdle and that hump of you know they've lost six game seven series in the last nine years and uh, you got to think that they have to be, you know, as excited as they are about their regular season. You know that if anything goes wrong in that first-round matchup, which will definitely be a tough one, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they handle that adversity and can they finally get over that last hurdle to become a Stanley Cup finalist team. Craig, I know we're out of time, but you you, uh, you mentioned Washington, and I'm a big Caps fan, so, uh, yeah, you mentioned the first-round matchup. What if they play Pittsburgh? Like, Pittsburgh's a team that scares me, and do you think that would be a team that scares uh, one exactly. of those teams out of I think anybody. I, I truly think this is going to be, you know, maybe the the coming out for both Alexander Ovechkin, but also some legitimacy for Barry Trotz as a head coach. You know, being lost a little bit in Nashville, I think he didn't get enough credit for how he handles the star players and how he's been able to shape that team. So, uh, I think you know, to me, if you get past the fifth and into the sixth game of a series, if you're the Caps, it's that, oh, God, here we go again. <laughs> and uh, I, I can tell you as a player on a team that, you know, when you need to get over that hurdle, that's an important step. And, and every team's had to find a way to get over it. And to me, that'll be the biggest challenge this year for Washington. And I'll be really looking forward to seeing how they handle it. Great stuff, Craig. Thanks for your time. Uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Okay, man. Take care. Craig Simpson, lead analyst for Hockey Night in Canada. 12.52 in Edmonton. We'll take a time out. Back here on Oilers Now, 12.55 in Edmonton. All Rick in for Bob Stoffer today here on Oilers Now. Uh, we will get interactive in the 1 o'clock hour. There's a lot of great text messages coming in. I'll, I'll bang off a bunch of those. Uh, we may open up the phone lines as well, 780-496-0063. Only a few more days until the trade deadline. 
Is Justin Schultz movable right now? If you want to chime in on that, go ahead. Uh, the phone lines will be open. Uh, we'll get to uh, the Oilers practicing today in Leduc and update you on some developments there. First, I should mention that New West Travel and Transit Holidays have teamed up to bring you a great selection of special travel packages for destination weddings, honeymoons, sports packages, river cruises, golf getaways, and the outstanding employees and salespeople in your company. New West Travel can design specific meeting and incentive reward packages to a variety of destinations around the world that will meet your budget. Plus, they all include parking at Edmonton International Airport Value Park. For more information, call the friendly staff, New West Travel, or online at newwesttravel.com. Brandon uh, Graziano helping out today. It is Heart Pledge Day over at the Mazakowski. Uh, give us an update. What's going on this afternoon? Well, uh, the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News with Jalen and I and Andrew Gross are going to be going live, of course, from the Mazakowski Heart Institute if you would like to make a donation. And we're taking all kinds of donations, whether it's $10, $20, $100. We even had donations of up to $1,000 today. Uh, you can donate by doing so at 780-407-2200. I'll give that number again, 780-407-2200. And all proceeds will be going towards the 630 Ched Heart Pledge Day for the Mazinkowski Alberta Heart Institute. And it will be must-listen radio. The stories that uh, will be told on the afternoon news, you'll want to listen to that with Jayla Nye and uh, Andrew Gross coming up here uh, just after the 2 o'clock news on 630 Ched. It's 12.57 in Edmonton. We'll get interactive when we come back. 780-496-0063. If you want to chime in on the phone lines, text us 630-630. Email us, Oilers Now, uh, for homes by Abby.